I, I do think it is still a little surreal that going to be doing the home run derby. Um, you know, like you said, we used to we used to watch it all the time. And, um, you know, I always thought how cool it was. Uh, I wanted to do it one day. Um, so it's it's actually it's pretty cool that it's coming around full circle a little bit. I'm actually going to be able to do it. Hey everyone, welcome back to Straight A's. Today I'm joined by all-star Matt Olson. We discuss his turnaround season, his baseball influences growing up in Atlanta, and the origin of his unique batting stance. With that, here's Matt. Hey everyone, welcome to Straight A's. I'm joined by the A's all-star Matt Olson. Matt, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, I want to start with um, something that you mentioned a few weeks ago, a few days ago. I don't have any concept of time, but you talked about um, a little red machine that um, Tommy LaStella brought to uh, the team last year. And uh, I've talked to some of the hitting coaches and they said that that's been a big part of uh, what's allowed you to stay in the zone longer this year. And I'm wondering if you could explain what exactly the machine is and how in your mind, how it's, how it's helped you at the plate. So what, what the machine kind of does, it like simulates a good like riding forcing fastball. Um, you know, you talk, you hear about the spin rate guys nowadays. Um, pretty much all it is, 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 you know, it's, it's spinning so fast that it stays up more than, you know, we're accustomed to as hitters and like you can just miss under stuff. So for me, um, I have a tendency to, you know, uh, drop my barrel back behind me and miss under stuff. So to be able to get like in the cage and work on getting on top of stuff, um, like I do with that red machine, that helped me go out in the game. And, you know, pitches that I was just fouling under that I felt like I was all over. I feel like I'm making better contact with now because of that, the work that I'm doing with that red machine. Is there something about the rubber ball or I guess it's like a, it's like a little, it's like a baseball size rubber balls or something about that that makes it, um, makes it so that you're able to work on that? Like what, what is it about the machine that, that, that changes your, your routine? Yeah. Well, the, the balls are lighter, um, and they got little dimples on them. So I think that that makes it have that, that good ride. And also, um, you know, you, if you get blown up, like jammed or anything, it doesn't hurt. So mm. you don't, you know, you don't, sometimes you get off a real machine with real baseballs and you, you get blown up, you know, you're kind of like timid on the next swing, whether you want to be or not. But um, I feel like with, with those balls, uh, you know, every swing is like a game like swing. So uh, I've, I've really liked it. How, um, how do you explain for, for, you know, normal folk who don't have to see a rising fastball, how do you explain sort of the experience of trying to hit a, a fastball with, with um, high spin rate? Uh, it's almost <laughs> you have to swing where you don't think the ball is going to be. Um, you know, some, some guys like, uh, Verlander pops in my head of, of a guy, you know, his ball just, it just gets to a certain point and, and doesn't go down anymore. So you have to like almost trick yourself, um, into swinging above the ball, like almost try to miss above it to hit it well. Uh, but, you know, I, I think we've, we've started to become more aware of like, 
you know, guys' numbers and spin rates and what the fastball might look like before you get in there. So obviously a work in progress, but, um, you know, it's, it's, the more you see it, the, the better you get at it. Everyone, I mean, the 2020 season was just a weird time for everybody and, and the year was weird for everyone. And, and I know that maybe it's, it's something that you want to sort of erase out of your mind or push out of your mind and, 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 uh, not think about, but I'm going to bring it up. Um, I, I, I don't know if you're comfortable making it, putting it as a fluke, but I think that it seemed pretty fluky to me. And, um, I want to know what it's like, uh, what was like for you going through those 60 games and knowing that every bat was magnified and if you feel like in retrospect that impacted what you were able to do with the plate. Um, yeah, it's obviously a tough year for me. Um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of weird things going on off the field as well. So, um, you know, it was, it was definitely a big learning experience for me. Um, and I look back on, on 2020 and, uh, you know, in a way I'm kind of thankful that it happened. Um, you know, I, failure honestly is the best teacher and, uh, you know, I, I got done with the season and I had to address things and, you know, it made me work my ass off. And, you know, I, I felt like, um, you know, if that, if that bad year doesn't happen, maybe I'm not in the spot right now where I, where I feel like I've, I've, you know, learned more about my, myself and my swing. And, um, you know, while, while I'm disappointed with, with the numbers that I had and how the, how the team ended up, you know, losing in the, in the playoffs, um, I think there's some sort of a silver lining to it. Do you, I don't know if you can put this into words, but how much, how, how do you feel now uh, mentally compared to how you felt last year? Because I feel like, and maybe I'm projecting just my observations on you and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it, you're, you're a guy that doesn't really go too high or too low. And I feel like last year I saw some visible frustration from you just after some, some uh, tricky at-bats. So I'm wondering if you feel like mentally – there was some is- not issues, but mentally, you feel like you're you've gone leaps and bounds from where you were last year when uh, in games. Yeah, I, and you know we've talked about it a little bit. I, I felt like I wanted to come into the year with um, you know taking failure better. I, I I don't feel like I handled it well at all last year. Um, you know, times where I was pouting around and uh, you know slamming stuff, which just doesn't it just doesn't help you be a better baseball player um you know the the, the best way to, to play better is to flush it and move on and you know not let two at bats two bad at bats turn into 10 bad at bats um you know and, and a lot of that is mental so um you're right it was it was uh you know a little uncharacteristic for me um but like I said, you know, sometimes you have to you have to go through that stuff to truly learn from it. And uh, you know, looking back on it, that was something that I wanted to address. I, I didn't feel like I was, um, you know, playing the game the right way or acting the right way on the field. And um, I wanted to come out and do that this year. 
Well, you've, you've talked about the, the red machine. Is there something in particular during the off season or spring training that sort of clicked in for you that, that, that helped you lock in mentally and physically? Um, I don't know. You know, I, I think, I think honestly what was big was coming out and having success in spring training for me. Um, it's something that I've never done before. And, you know, to, to the extent of the success that I've had in the first half this year, that's something I've never done before either. So, um, you know, it's nice to work on stuff all off season and then come out and not feel like you change it right away. Uh, cause you're, cause you're not doing well when spring training starts. So, you know, I, confidence is a hell of a thing. And, and when you come out and, you know, pretty much, pretty much right away, I felt good in the box and, um, you know, I just wanted to keep that feel as long as possible. I want to, uh, go back a little way back. Um, cause I just, to the All-Star Game and Home Run Derby, everyone's going to see sort of what's become a signature for you, which is where you have your hands in, in your stance. And uh, I talked to um, Eric Martins about it, and he said that that's not something that you grew up doing. And for some reason in my head, that's – I just assumed. I don't know why. Stupid of me. But um, it, he said that it's something that you worked out with Darren Bush. And I'm wondering and, – and that you sent – Eric, the, the video, and he said, what the heck is this? How, how is this the conclusion of, of what needs to happen? And I'm wondering if you could take us into a little bit of the process of how you came to decide and feel confident in having your hands out in front of you. Well, it's actually kind of the same thing as um, we just said. Uh, you know, we made, I came up in 16, and I used to have my hands up tight, and Bushy pulled me aside and said pretty much, um, you need to make a change or you're going to get exploited uh, at this level. And I said, all right. Um, you know, we didn't have anything like ironed out that we specifically wanted to do, but pretty much the basis of it was that I was like getting two wrapped around my body, like swinging around my body pretty much. So I got in the cage one day off the machine and just like stuck my hands out in front of me and was like, playing pepper and you know I was like that actually doesn't feel that bad I felt like I still had a little power and you know it kind of kind of just gradually turned into you know the rhythm and the timing that I have now but um like I said it's kind of the same thing I, I came out in 17 was the first year that I did it and um you know I have one of my better years and you know it's kind of like I said confidence is a hell of a thing and, um, you know, once, once I had that good year with my hands out, I, I didn't, you know, really look back. Is that something that, I mean, it's, it's sort of an unusual, unique stance to have, to have your hands there. Is that something that you were like, wow, this is really, this is, I'm, I'm leaning into this. Is, I wasn't expecting that. Or, or how, how is that, um, mentally to wrap your head around, um, yeah. becoming, making that routine? Yeah, it was, it was definitely weird. And, um, you know, I, I honestly feel like it's taken me almost to this point, um, you know, three years worth of, of actually like figuring out the, the nuances of this swing. You know, I had one swing basically my whole life and I knew things that I could go to. 
and pretty much, you know, not completely wiped it, but added a basically a whole new timing uh, mechanism to my swing. So um, there was a lot of trial and error with it, but you know, I, I feel like I've gotten to the spot where um, I'm able to address issues quicker, and I've done. Now that I've gone through a little bit of ups and downs, tried things, um, I got a better idea of, of which way to go with it. And uh, speaking of Eric Martins, he's throwing to you at the Home Run Derby. Um, mm-hmm. He's been with you for basically most of your A's career. He said that um, when you were drafted and you came up to Oakland, he was uh, he was there. I think he said he, he drove you around some places and, and watched your batting practice. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering what your relationship with him is like and and – also want some clarification on where he, he drove you or what what's the what's the day like with with Eric Martins when you were, when you came up and how did you you bond that day and, and how did that blossom? Well, he was so he was the Southern California scout and we drafted Daniel Robertson the same year. Mm-hmm. So me and D Rob both went up to Oakland to uh, do a little workout or whatever, and Emart was driving us around. Uh, you know, I, me and Emart, he's great to me uh you know we he's just like one of the guys and also a hitting coach at the same time so uh it's it's gonna be fun it's been cool to be with them a lot of the years and you know finally we we uh get to get to see what we can do on the big stage and i um i talked to your brother too talk to everybody in your life apparently <laughs> i talked to your your uh your brother about um uh you know uh, Growing up in Atlanta, um, being a, a Braves fan, he said that you were a big Chipper Jones guy and obviously a Ken Griffey guy because everyone was in, in the 90s, 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, is, I want to know more about uh, if, if you modeled your game at all after Chipper Jones, obviously he's a switcher, but obviously being left-handed side being Atlanta, is that, is, did he inspire you uh, at all growing up? Yeah, I think for sure. Um, I was actually talking to someone about that yesterday. I feel like the, uh, you know, smooth, calm uh, swings of, of Griffey and, and Chipper, I, I feel like played into, you know, whether I knew it or not, played into how my swing developed. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was tough to watch those guys and not want to be, you know, model stuff after them and, and be like them. Yeah, I mean – Griffey obviously known for his smooth swing and, and you've got a pretty sweet swing too, but so is that when you're growing up, is that something you think like, I want to have a, I want to have a swing like that. I think everyone was thinking that, you know, watching, watching Griffey. If, if, if you're a kid growing up watching Griffey, you're you're saying, uh, I can, I can do that. I want to be that guy. No, I I mean, I just remember, you know, playing with the ball in the front yard or whatever. And, you know, one at bat, I would do Griffey. One at bat, I would do, chipper you know and and mix it up between you know guys that that you like and, and you watch I, I found myself doing those guys stances a lot he also uh he also said that you guys had a tradition to watch the home run derby together with your dad and, and his friend um and he said mentioned something about little, little caesars i don't know if that's uh something that triggers a memory for you but he said that there yeah. was uh some little caesars involved in in sort of like the the celebration of the home run derby uh, what do you remember about watching with your family and friends? And and uh, I guess my other question about that is, is there any sort of um, 
surrealness to participating or the concept of participating in the home run derby or does that sort of go away when you're a big leaguer the surrealness of, of participating and things like that uh yeah you know it it goes away uh tick um you know just because we're we're living this lifestyle now of uh you know doing the things that you grew up watching the big leaguers at the time do but um I, I do think it is still a little surreal that going to be doing the home run derby. Um, you know, like you said, we used to we used to watch it all the time, and um, you know, I always thought how cool it was, and how I, I wanted to do it one day. Um, so it's it's actually it's pretty cool that it's coming around full circle a little bit, and I'm actually going to be able to do it. Do you remember watching any home run derbies in particular? I remember the Atlanta one pretty good. Um, I remember Sosa launching a bunch. Uh, yeah, I, that was that was a pretty good one. What do you um do you do you have a strategy going into the home run derby? You're just sort of you know you're just gonna be uh, in the moment feeling it. Yeah, no, I I don't know. I'm actually doing a little practice later today, so I might get a feel of, of what to do there. But no, I'm I'm just gonna try to hit homers the right. Fair enough. Pretty. That's a. It's a. It's a. There's one goal, and you have to, you know, uh, find the most streamlined way to to uh, get that done. So I guess that makes and like you know you've you've hit in Colorado, so you understand the ball moves pretty well there, or it travels pretty well there. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be there'll be something that I'll you know probably start feeling along the way, and maybe I get caught up on you know trying to go to a certain spot or or whatever. But right now I got no plan. And how um, I mean, we've talked about about Eric Martins, you call him Emar. Uh, how how comfortable or how does it make you feel that he's going to be there along for the ride with you and throwing to you, just given that you've been together for all these years? Yeah, you know, if if nothing else, it should be a cool moment for us. Um, but you know, from the actual derby side of, I've been hitting BP off for you know, I don't know, five five six years now so um you know i've i've seen a lot of pitches out of his hand hopefully uh we can get in a little rhythm out there and matt chapman he did in 2019 did he give you any tips yeah they, they just kind of told me uh you know you got more time than you think you do mm. not to, not to like get you know super quick and rushing um just kind of keep a keep a smooth pace and uh he told me not to try to lift too much because, hmm. uh, you know, even the line drives will go, especially in, in cores. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what this uh, practice round goes like. Yeah, and, uh, got some interesting competition. You got Shohei, which is uh, – he's um, kind of on another planet right now. Do you, do you guys watch – obviously, you guys, you know, see what other players are doing. But what do you, what do you think of uh, – with some of what Shohei Otani's been been doing this year, uh, that ball he hit in Seattle last night was stupid. Um, I've I've never even sniffed the second deck there, and I feel like I've hit a couple balls pretty well. So for him to go uh, top shelf was was pretty impressive. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a ball go up there. No, I I think the farthest one I've seen was Vogelback hit one. Um, they used to have a little hit it here cafe sign 
and he hit one up to next to that. Everybody, you know, that was kind of like a a showstopper homer, and yeah, you know, that one, uh, the one he hit yesterday. You can you can see the video I saw. Upton was in the dugout, like freaking out. And that's a guy who's hit. I don't know. He's got four or five hundred home runs in his career, and um, been around for a while. So for him to react like that says it all. Yeah, and it it's there's something. Uh captivating about Shohei where it's a, you know if he flies out the other way or something there's a chance of it going out the park that's just just some freaky weird power yeah I mean he's he's obviously one of the more exciting guys in the game right now I mean 33 homers before the all-star break is is pretty nuts um I wanted to ask you just about where the team's at now uh I know you talked to us about this last night, so I'm sorry to bring it up again. Um, but you guys are sort of like going through a little, you know, a little skid. I think that's fair to say. But you guys are, um, and you said this at the beginning of the year too, when you when you lost that six six in a row, that no one was panicking. Uh, for people that don't, you know, get to see you guys up close and and see what the team chemistry is like and what the team demeanor is like, how important is it for you guys to have that mentality where there's no panic and everyone is very aware of what you guys are capable of to the point where maybe something like this doesn't really phase you or instill any real panic? Yeah, you know, I think it's easier um, on the outside to, you know, let a few games, um, you know, affect you. Uh, think on the inside of the clubhouse we're you know we're aware of how long the season is um the position that we're in right now with really not having played our best baseball at all um you know there's there's a lot to be said about that um you know we haven't we haven't had everything clicking on all cylinders once yet this season and you know we're still in, in striking distance of the division and, you know, still have a pretty decent record. So, um, you know, I, like I said last night, we've, we've always been a second half team for, for whatever reason. I don't know if it, you know, it gets warmer in Oakland and, or, or whatever it is. Sometimes, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, we're, we're professionals out here. Um, you know, we can't, can't live and die with, you know, every single game, uh, we have to look at the big picture and, um, you know, everybody's got a good mentality about that and, you know, really aware of that. Also, um, Chris Bassett is going to be joining you at the All-Star festivities. Um, you've seen a lot of what Chris Bassett has gone through in the last few years. He's, you know, he's talked about a lot, you know, he, that he didn't know um, who who he was for a while and, and in terms of his role on the team. And uh, now that he's an all-star, what do you think about what he's been able to prove to himself and to the, to the world about what he's capable of? It's awesome. Uh, you know, he, he should have been an all-star from the start, in my opinion. Um, he's been he's been pretty dominant, uh, especially the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, like you said, he's, you know, he got – he didn't have a, a defined role from the second he came up. Um, you know, he was up and down a few times and 
you know, maybe in the rotation, maybe in the bullpen kind of deal. And, um, you know, he's, he stuck to his guns and, and worked his ass off and, um, you know, finds himself at, at the top of our rotation. And, uh, you know, a guy that, that when he's on the mound, we want him to have the ball. And, you know, we're not surprised any time he goes nine innings. So, um, you know, he's, he's a, a true competitor. Uh, you know, I, I can't say enough about him, uh, about how confident we are when, when he's got the ball in the mountain. So um, it's, it's nice to see him get the, get the recognition. Uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes it, we can get swept under the rug a little bit. Um, and I think he did in, in the initial voting. Um, but, uh, you know, it's good to, to see him get, you know, this all-star and uh, give him a little nod for all, all the work that he's put in. Cool. I'll end it on that, Matt. Thank you so much for taking all this time and, and yeah. talking with me. No problem. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Matt Olson for joining the show. You can follow my A's coverage all season long at the San Jose Mercury News and on Twitter at Shane Rubin. Till next time.